everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Oh, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. Somebody talk to me! What is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. Hold on to your butt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 295th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we're going to kick things off with a little bit of Jurassic news. I feel like it's been a while since I did a proper Jurassic news segment, but there's been some fun stuff to discuss. We've got some Camp Cretaceous news, we've got some novel news, and then we're going to welcome back Caleb Burnett for another installment of Dinoscore, the music of the Jurassic Park franchise, where we discuss the music of the theme parks. So we dive into everything that you can hear down at uh, Islands of Adventure in Universal Orlando, and we also discuss the stuff that you can hear out in Universal Studios Hollywood. And uh, man, there is so much to dive into, and I had so much fun with this episode. So uh, please enjoy uh, another one here from Caleb Burnett and myself. But before we get started, I'd like to take care of some quick business. Now, first off, I wanted to bring it up one more time. Uh, I know I mentioned it last week, but Tom Jurassic had a chance to play Jurassic World Evolution 2 uh, with the Chaos Theory mode, and he had a great conversation as well with uh, Best in Slot and the Gaming Beaver. That was a bonus episode last week, so if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, go check that one out. There was also a YouTube version. Uh, he wrote up some articles on the website, so there's so much content as far as that's concerned, so please uh, try to check out all of that as well. Now, uh, over on our website, JurassicParkPodcast.com, uh, I had the chance to write up a, a little article based on Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous Season 4, so please... Go check that out when you have some time. That is over on the website. Now over to YouTube. Like I said, uh, there is that Jurassic World Evolution 2 discussion with Tom, the Gaming Beaver, and Best in Slot. That was uploaded uh, last week along with a toy hunt. I was able to track down a few things at Walmart, so you can go check out that video. And I did upload the teaser for Camp Cretaceous Season 4 as well. And all of that is in addition to... Uh, the live stream from Wednesday night. So in that video, I actually had a chance to welcome in Michael Corelli to the live stream once again, where we talked all things Jurassic. We talked about um, some potential Dominion stuff that was going on from DeWanda Wise, an actress that's going to be in the film. Uh, we were talking about the Folio Society's new book uh, for The Lost World. We were talking about... Uh, Camp Cretaceous and when we can potentially see a teaser. Uh, so there was a lot of good discussion in that episode. So please go check out that live stream from last week. Now this week, um, there will definitely be a video, at least one video out there for you guys, but uh, I will not be doing a live stream this week, uh, so that is not happening, but there will be one next week, which is going to be our big Halloween party. Uh, everybody has been uh, hitting us up and donating money to our channel so I can dress up 
uh, as Mr. DNA. So that's a thing that's happening over on the live stream. It's gonna be absurd. Uh, if anybody else wants to join in the costume party, please send me a DM, send me an email, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We'll see what we can work out. We're gonna have fun. It's gonna be crazy and I cannot wait. So that will be um, on October 27th. So please uh, stay tuned. No live stream this week, but there will be one next week. And lastly, before we get things rolling here, I did want to shout out two podcast episodes that I did recently. The first one is one uh, from my friend Phil, and uh, his show is called This Podcast Ruined My Childhood. I've shouted it out here before because I did uh, two other episodes with him, one of which was the Jurassic World franchise. We talked about if that uh, ruined my childhood. I'll, I'll leave that up for you to guess, but definitely go listen to it anyway. And uh, we also talked about uh, a recent Netflix movie uh, called Army of the Dead. I had to remember what the title was for a second. Uh, Zack Snyder movie. And then uh, we just recently recorded one about the House of Wax. Uh, now that is, uh, House of Wax was, was such a fun movie from like the early 2000s horror movie. We're talking about Halloween stuff. So we figured why not give House of Wax another play and just see how well it's aged and discuss it versus some of the originals and stuff like that. So we had so much fun talking about that one. So please go check out this podcast ruined my childhood. I will put it in the show notes this week. So please go check that one out. Also, I want to shout out my other podcast, uh, Grim Grinning Hosts. I'm on that one with a bunch of other people uh, from the theme park community. And we actually got together and discussed Muppets Haunted Mansion, which uh, just recently popped up on Disney+. Plus. That is so much fun. If you did not get a chance to watch Muppets Haunted Mansion, if you're a fan of Disney parks and the Haunted Mansion in particular, if you're a fan of the Muppets and all of their works, those two things combined equate for, you know, one of the most perfect things I've ever seen. It's so much fun, and we had such a great time talking about it, so please go check out that one as well. Uh, like I said, that's Grim Grinning Hosts, and I will put that in the show notes as well. But that about wraps it up for the intro here, so why don't we go ahead and get this episode kicked off with a little bit of Jurassic news from around the world. Eighteen minutes and your company catches up on ten years of research. Access rate program. Access new security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. All right, so first up here in the news, uh, I wanted to bring up the Folio Society's new uh, edition of The Lost World by Michael Crichton, illustrated by Vector That Fox. Now we had Joe Breeze on to talk about uh, the artwork from the Jurassic Park edition from the Folio Society. And now we have more amazing art from Vector That Fox within the Lost World edition. And this thing, again, looks beautiful. If you didn't see the Jurassic Park edition, go check that one out. We did a lot of coverage on that, had interviews. We did the entire Jurassic Park book club, which synced up nicely with the release of that one. And what perfect timing, because we had uh, the Lost World Book Club to announce, which I will get to in just a second. But getting back to the book, this thing looks really, really impressive. Again, it has that really uh, amazing artwork 
on the outside, on the inside, all over the place. Let's go into some of the details here. So this novel uh, will run you $59.95 here in the US. Uh, it says, the nightmare is far from over for humankind in Michael Crichton's action-packed follow-up to Jurassic Park. This folio edition of The Lost World is illustrated by Vector That Fox. The sequel to the best-selling phenomenon Jurassic Park, Michael Crichton's The Lost World offers a thrill ride of scientific discovery, mathematical theory, and sheer gory dinosaur fun. Produced in series with its enormously popular predecessor, this edition is packed with gorgeous features, making it an irresistible volume for any dinosaur aficionado. Illustrator Vector That Fox has returned with a set of stunning cinematic images, including a binding design teeming with everyone's favorite killing machines, the Velociraptors. These sensational illustrations were created following the expert advice of paleontologist Steve Rosati, ensuring that the images reflect the very latest information on dinosaur biology. With illustrated endpapers, a new map of Isla Sorna creased as if kept in some explorer's pocket and a unique dinosaur skin slipcase, this edition of The Lost World is the gateway to a new realm of adventure, a time and a place when dinosaurs ruled the planet. This book is 432 pages. It has six full-page color illustrations, uh, one double-page spread full-color map, one black and white illustrated double page spread, 16 integrated black and white graphics, printed endpapers, textured paper slipcase, and it's really, really amazing. So please definitely check out the link in our show notes to the Folio Society. But I did want to announce here on the show, I know I, I talked about it over on Instagram and Twitter, but we have the Lost World Book Club coming up, which is uh, perfectly timed here uh, for us coming up here in the next few months. So you may have followed along with us when we did the Jurassic Park book club. Ben hosted that segment, did a beautiful job uh, securing all the guests and uh, producing all the content. It really, really came out amazing. And of course, we wanted to follow that up with the Lost World book club. We weren't sure if we were going to keep the name Jurassic Park, but we're like, let's switch it up. It's the Lost World book club now. And this year, we will be doing a preview episode, which is going to be on December 20th. I know, I know it's still October, but bear with us. Uh, and then we're going to do uh, all three of the main episodes for the book club next year. January 10th will be the first episode. February 14th will be the second episode. And March 14th will be the third episode. And look, this takes a lot of planning, a lot of timing to work out. And we have uh, even more in store that we're, we haven't revealed just yet, but we are very excited. So uh, if you're about to read the book, maybe hold off until the book club's ready. Uh, if you just read it, maybe that's still good timing for you. You can listen to some analysis in the uh, coming new year here. So bear with us. We are almost upon the Lost World Book Club starting and kicking off in January 2022. And uh, 2022 is already looking to be a great year with the book club and Jurassic World Dominion. What more could you want? <laughs> but uh, that's about it. You can find more information over on our Instagram and Twitter. And please go check out the Folio Society's edition of The Lost World. You can find more information in our show notes. <laughs> Next up here in the news, uh, I wanted to discuss the teaser for Camp Cretaceous Season 4. 
a new island awaits. And uh, this was a brilliant little teaser, uh, which showcased the date, December 3rd. That's when the next season is coming our way. I am so happy that it is not late December, and instead it is early December, which makes producing content for the show uh, so much easier. <laughs> I was kind of worried that it would be later in December and uh, it would make a lot of things difficult, but a new island awaits us in early December over on Netflix. And the teaser itself was very, very short. Uh, didn't give away really anything at all. There are so many things to speculate and theorize on, and I'm sure we will do that in time, but quickly, I wanted to break it down for you. So this is a video, a quick video motion poster, as they called it, that kind of slowly zooms in on a dark and ominous island and you get that title uh, the date overlaid over top of it as well as a new island awaits and it is foggy the water's choppy the sky is dark and the trees are dark as well it is very ominous and of course I we're all thinking Isla Sorna I mean that's what it looks like it definitely has that vibe Anytime Isla Sorna is introduced, it's dark, it's ominous, it's foreboding, it's scary. The music is right there. And speaking of, the music in this little teaser is actually the four-note motif from Jurassic Park that has uh, spanned its way across the franchise in many ways. And it was specifically used for the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park. Does that mean something extra here? Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's alluding to Velociraptors on Isla Sorna. That's possible. I don't know. Maybe it's alluding to a baby velociraptor on the boat. That's been my theory this whole time. Maybe that works out. I don't know. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be Isla Sorna. There's a ton of theories out there. You can definitely find out some, uh, you know, when you're scouring the internet. And the uh, more interesting thing here is actually within that, that slow pan to the island, there's a glitch a glitch in the matrix, if you will, and uh, there's a bunch of like shapes that pop up and, and uh, almost looks like a window into somewhere else. And that somewhere else really looks like a desert. You see like cacti, you see the desert floor, you see a desert mountainous landscape in the background. Now I'm not talking about like the Sahara or something like that. It looks like it could be like, I don't know, Arizona. I don't think it is. But it also does look like it could be the Atacama Desert, which is out in Chile. And uh, that is uh, something that was referenced in Jurassic World Live Tour as, well, not even referenced, it was shown off. It was a facility, an engine facility in Jurassic World Live Tour that had live raptors. Are things connecting here? Maybe. Who knows? I am very, very excited to find out, and we're going to be talking all about it soon. Uh, probably stay tuned for the Jurassic Wire in the in the coming weeks here. When it, when, when is that? Next week? Might be next week. Um, <laughs> but we have a lot to discuss, and you can check out uh, the videos all over the place. I'm sure you've seen it already. But I do have an article on the website where I summarize everything, give you some theories, and talk about it just a little bit. And we want to hear from you. What do you think it is? Um, we do have the Jurassic Mailbag coming up, hopefully in a few weeks here. So if you want to get your comments and questions in, definitely send those in before we get that running. But uh, yeah, I am excited to discuss it. I'm excited to see it. And I can't wait to talk about it more. So please uh, let us know what you think and check out more on our website, JurassicParkPodcast.com. Oh, there it is. There it is. 
welcome everybody to Dinoscore, the music of the Jurassic Park franchise. And today, we are once again branching outside of the films to discuss some, and I, I guess I say outside of the films, but these are all themes from the film for the most part anyway. But we're, we're branching outside again uh, to discuss some of the themes that are used around the theme parks. Theme parks, theme music, themes, stuff like that, uh, here in the U.S. So we're going to talk about uh, Universal Hollywood, Universal's Islands of Adventure down in uh, Florida. And, of course, I got to welcome in Caleb. What's going on, Caleb? How you doing? Hey, hey, I'm good, man. Glad to be here again. Yeah, I I'm excited for this. You, you kind of brought this one up. And, uh, you know, you said, hey, uh, I just got back, you know, from from Universal Orlando. They had some cool music playing down there. I want to talk about it. So so we're going to talk about yeah. it today. I I'm, I'm excited about that because theme parks, I love theme parks. They're, they're like one of my favorite things ever. And I luckily was down there um, back in June. I was there for the opening of Velocicoaster, uh, literally opening day, um, and you just went down there as well. So, is that has this been your your first time visiting Orlando or no? Not Orlando, uh, I but went the, the to, park itself. I went to yeah, I went to Orlando uh, in 2015. Oh, okay, um, which then it was about you know six months after Jurassic World came out. Um, and so I was, I was very high on, I was on a Jurassic high <laughs> and, you know, I, but you know, all there was, was, you know, Jurassic, the Jurassic park area of islands of adventure. That's all there was then, which, which then was, you know, at the time on a Jurassic high, it was, it was amazing. It was fantastic. I had never been before. Um, I rode river adventure, like. 15 times in a row, literally. And uh, it was awesome. When, when, when were you there in 2015? This, Do you remember? <laughs> December. Oh, my. Are you serious? Dude, I was there in December. Yeah. Come on. Did we I cross was there, paths? I was there like. Tell me you were there December 7th. Because that was the day I was there. I, no, I was not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I had to like reference no, was, my, my Amazon photos and see like uh, which day I was there. And it was December 7th, 2015. Yeah. So I was there like December 28th and 29th uh, or okay. something like All that, right. like right, right after Christmas. Okay. So we did not so, cross yeah. paths, unfortunately. So we, we both went in 2015 <laughs> and we've both gone in 2000. What, what year is it? 21. Uh, so, yeah. so yeah. How about that? But, How about that? Yeah, that that was, a you know, 2015. Actually, for me, I hadn't been back. Uh, that was the first time I went back to Universal Orlando or Islands of Adventure since, I think, 2006. So it, it had been a long while for me. So, like, I was like, you know, I, I'd missed a lot for many years. Um and and ever since 2015, I've literally gone every year. So so it's been it's been a big turn of events, I guess, for me. So, um, oh, yeah. but that's great. I I will say, like, you know, over over uh, 2020, which is what it was, you know, mm -hmm. theme parks were the thing I missed almost the most. Like, I want to get outside and I want to ride a roller coaster. Yeah. So yeah, like I I went. You know the the first week of August of this year, and it was just it was incredible. Every everything there is great, and it was so great <laughs> after being a, away so long. So, yeah. yeah, I I luckily did go 
in 2020, I went, uh, I think it was literally the end of January. So like I went, I got oh, wow. my 2020 in like I've, got, I've been trying to stay consistent every year, like I said, and I got yeah. my 2020 and I'm happy about that. And then literally not until uh, June, uh, this past June in 2021. So, so, so doesn't, doesn't early, like the first two months of 2020, doesn't that just feel like another world? Yeah, it does. <laughs> we went like... to, we went to uh, <laughs> the Jurassic World live tour in February. Mm-hmm. Like, and that just seems like a, a different universe. It's crazy. It, anyway. it, re- it really does. Cause yeah, I, that we were like full blast with, with this segment. And like, uh, we recorded uh, about the live tour up there with Jay Jurassic and stuff. And we were like oh, ready yeah, we to did. go. We're ready to record. And then all that happened and we stopped <laughs> recording this segment altogether. <laughs> Yep. So it took a year. It took a year or so. Yep. But uh, but the theme park, man, this, I mean, it's a very, you know, storied park now, Islands of Adventure, one of the top parks in the world. Uh, that's where you can find Jurassic Park down in, uh, um, in Orlando. And, you know, you just visited in August. I just went in June and Velocicoaster is there. So really like reinvigorated it. You know, you said 2015. There was like not much going on there. And that's the way it's been for mm-hmm. over the past few years. It's like, you know, I love Jurassic. You know, it's one of my favorite things ever. But like when I go to that park, I was just like, eh, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll hit the ride. But like the rides hit or miss because of what it depends on the weather. Like, I don't know if I want to go on if it's like cold or mm-hmm. something like that, depending on if I'm there in December or whatever. So there would be there would be times where I'd go down there and never even ride uh, Jurassic park river adventure so so i'd be like well i just walked through the jurassic section i heard some great music um but that was about it but now it's like it really has been brought back to life and and it feels amazing absolutely yeah and the way the way they have integrated velocicoaster and some of the new stuff into that jurassic area that was already there is is so well done i thought it was really cool how they blended the two so far so yeah um and uh We'll touch on we'll touch on uh, Hollywood because I know you've got um, a good history now there with Hollywood too. So um, and you yeah. you just just recently even moved out that direction. So um, but we'll talk about that yeah. in a little bit. But I want to go back um, <clears throat> kind of like to the to, to the start of of Islands of Adventure a little bit because you know outside of the the film scores and the things that you actually do here in in this section because there's there's some stuff you can hear throughout the land but there's actually some fun stuff that was created back at the you know inception of of islands of adventure which was the second park uh down in florida for for universal um it's different than universal studios which is literally right there you can walk between it two um so so back then universal enlisted uh this guy john rust you know to 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 produce music because they're opening up a brand new theme park um we need some music hey hey john could you create some music for us so he has to create all of this music for all of these different islands because that's the theme of the park it's islands of adventure so there's like seuss landing there's you know marvel jurassic so there's all this different stuff around there and he had to create the music um i think he created like nine hours of original music which is pretty amazing um so so and and an interesting note as i was doing some research here john he went on to be the creative director and writer for jurassic world the ride that's amazing to find out like 
he I he did started not know that. That's no, awesome. No, me neither. He he helped, you know, the concept for the music surrounding Islands of Adventure. And we're not gonna really talk about the other music, but there's some really, really beautiful stuff in there. Um so and he didn't make it per se, but he helped to produce, you know, all the music there. So he would hired all these different people to create the score, like William Kidd, um, and other people like that. So you know, it it was just very cool for me to to find out that you know, he created that that soundtrack for the park, but also so many years later was brought in to be the creative director and writer for Jurassic World The Ride. I was like, I didn't expect that tie-in. So that was really cool. Um, That's awesome, yeah. Yeah, so so he ended up bringing in William Kidd, um, who apparently, you know, I don't know. I was, I was like reading through some old articles and stuff like that. I don't really know who he is outside of this music, but apparently he was you know, a protege of John Williams back in the day. So that's, that's really cool. They're like, well, let's go for somebody who, you know, is, is not necessarily John Williams, but somebody who, you know, kind of knows a lot about it and, and is a protege of, of the man himself. So, so that was pretty cool oh, yeah. to know. Yeah. Um, so, so William Kidd created all this music uh, throughout the land that you'll hear, like when you're entering the park, exiting, you know, different lands and stuff like that. He actually didn't, as far as I, I can tell, it doesn't seem like he created anything for Jurassic. Um, but, uh, I do have a fun note here. So I was looking through all of the, there's actually two soundtracks, I believe there might be a third. I'm not sure about the third, but, um, two soundtracks that basically feature like the same music, just with like some slight changes. Um, that in the liner notes, there's this one little section here about, uh, Jurassic Park. And it says the majestic gates of Jurassic Park greets visitors as they enter the steel drum rhythms of the Jurassic Park Calypso fill the air just outside of the entrance of Camp Jurassic. After a plunge on the Jurassic Park river ride, adventures are invited to adventurers are invited to dine to the Cuban beat of Thunder Falls Terrace. So just a fun wow. little fun little uh, note about about the uh, Islands of Adventure soundtrack there. Um, but that's great. <laughs> but the, the the number one thing that uh, came out of this, uh, there's there's four different tracks that that came out of this um, this soundtrack for Islands of Adventure back then. And the first one is actually Jurassic Park Calypso. So is this a mm-hmm. track you're familiar with? Yes. And I'm familiar with it because I, uh, a couple years ago, you replaced did it. Did some music. <laughs> uh, I, I uh, did some music for Jurassic Outposts podcast in general, and they were like, "Hey, we we want some music for our podcast, and that the these tracks from Islands of Adventure are the tracks they sent me as references." And they were like, mm-hmm. "We want stuff like this." So. Yeah, for for years I know that th- this was the track. So so anytime you hear this, you know it could make you think of Islands of Adventure or uh, the the Jurassic Outpost podcast. So I, I, what was it? What was it called back then? I don't even remember at this point. But now it's in general. But um, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let, let's take a quick listen listen to this because there's actually like two versions of this. So um, this is just a really really fun one. So we'll, we'll kind of commentate i guess over this as it's going but yeah this is that that note that motif (laughs) the the four note motif it's there it's there it exists again (laughs) and it continues that you bob your head to. It's Seriously. 
it, it is just so much fun. Like, so lighthearted, it's so... It seriously, like, captures the island beach atmosphere, like, perfectly. Yes. So. And, like, kind of like we were talking about in uh, last month's episode for, for Beyond the Gates, it, it actually features, like, the sounds and stuff. There's, like, you know, different audio in here. You hear, like, birds and stuff. Like it, So it feels like you're mm -hmm. really in this, like you know, jungly, beachy atmosphere here. Yeah, they 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 created the whole atmosphere really well. Get these steel drums. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> solo. Steel drum solo. Yeah, I think it's fun when Jurassic music meets other genres. Mm -hmm. Like this is this is Jurassic reggae or some or something like that. You know, like I don't know. It it really feels like you just like this is the thing that when you go to vacation, you like go to your resort, your beach resort, and and there's always like a band over there, just like just banging away on the the steel drums and. You know, there's a guy on like a, a keyboard playing some like flute parts and stuff like that, and like it just feels <laughs> it feels exactly like this. It, it's so so brilliant. No, like this, like I just had this thought, like this could easily be played live with an ensemble. You got steel drum, you got pan flute or flute or piccolo, yes. or whatever that is. You got drums and some other like percussion elements, and like you could easily play this live. Yeah, <laughs> I do like. There's a driving force behind it. There's a bass line like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, this is interesting. It's like this weird, like <laughs> ragtimey, like ending. Like here it is. It's like a, a, a jazz lick yeah. solo ending thing. Like um, <laughs> they were just having a blast with that ending. <laughs> when did when did Islands of Adventure open? Uh, I believe 90... it was ninety nine. Ninety nine, yeah, that sounds right. I was just gonna say this. This feels very appropriate for nineteen ninety nine. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's the it, thing with this score. I, yeah, it, it, it's it overall it feels it still like that. Works, but like mm -hmm. yeah. So. Yeah, it, it definitely still works. I mean, you still do hear this track, um, like kind of actually just like that um, that little thing I read before. It says like Jurassic Park Calypso fills the air just outside of the entrance to Camp Jurassic, and uh, mm -hmm. and after your plunge on the river ride, like so there, you know, it, it's there, and and you can feel it. Like, it, and it's interesting yeah. as as you walk through this park, there's there is different music that's played. Most of the time, it's the Lost World, and somehow they transition from like the Lost World into this Calypso, and you're like, "Oh, that feels great!" Mm -hmm. And and they're like, and it's in it's in like a, a heavily trafficked area. And honestly, if you think about the creation of this park, that was the area right there. You know, when this music came in, when this specific tune was piped into the park, you knew you were about to hit all the Jurassic stuff. Camp Jurassic, um, oh, yeah. on Flyers, Jurassic Park River Adventure. Everything was right in there, and that's where the music mattered the most, you know, so they wanted to get oh, it yeah. right. 
Um, it's just a little like behind the scenes sort of thing that I have discovered just since I, I work at the park here in California. Um, in, in the arch of the gates, like in the top, on the underside of the top, there is a massive speaker in there mm -hmm. that is playing playing music that like I probably is like helps with that transition because when you're walking up to the gates, it's it's the Jurassic Park fanfare or whatever it is. And then once you walk under the gates, to my memory, is kind of when it starts transitioning. And so yeah, I was I I didn't know that before. Maybe I think maybe other people did, but like I, <laughs> I looked up at the, the arch once and I was like Oh, there's a there's a massive speaker in there. <laughs> yeah, so. I don't know if I've ever noticed uh, the placement or anything, but it's it's so brilliant the sound design that happens in a theme park and the way that they make you feel like you're, you know, at a place like you're on a, at a beach resort or something like that, and and the way that they they transition is so impressive, and it makes it like it makes it so when you're walking around, it doesn't feel abrupt, you know, like the changes from mm -hmm. track to track. It's it's so natural feeling and it's like you're almost distracted to look over here and then all of a sudden the music has changed and you're like wow oh, that yeah. was, like this is this is amazing like music here and i know when you're when you're in islands venture it takes a little while once you get uh away from the um uh the the gate itself there used to be two gates but now there's just one um but as you like walk up the hill there it it, it continues on for a little bit like the main uh you know the main jurassic park theme um Let's see here. Let's see if I can bring that up here. I didn't, I didn't cue that up. Um, is it in? Nope. Nope. Is it's in later in here? I think. I would say. Yeah. I would say the end credits cue. This part right here. Yeah. So it's it's yep. just super epic as you're walking up to the gates, and it's just like that's the that's the song you want, right? Like I I have chills just hearing that right now. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. I'm getting pumped up. Uh, it, it's amazing. I usually when I'm doing the podcast, I edit in all these these music pieces after the fact. So like to actually talk over top of them is pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it's it's so epic, and and that is the music you want when you're entering the park. And I think that's why we, we kind of discredit, I don't know if discredit's the right word, but we don't give them enough credit, uh, give enough credit to theme parks for introducing people to these tracks, you know, to, to getting them familiar with these themes and, and like, like just over the bridge oh, yeah. in Islands of Adventure, like all the Harry Potter stuff, you know? So it really makes it very prominent in your life where you're like, oh, I just spent a whole lot of time in Jurassic Park and it felt real. And uh, now I know oh, that yeah. theme from from the movie very well. Yeah, I would say the the sound element of the Jurassic area and the theme parks is without it, it just doesn't work at all. Mm -hmm. Like the not only the music, but just the the sound effects of the jungle and everything else that they have pumping in at the same time. Like it's without that, like you are not immersed. Like it's mm -hmm. crucial. So yeah, so. It, it, this is just like I think the Calypso is is a brilliant track. Like it's just so comforting, so amazing. Um, and overall, like I feel like a lot of Islands Adventure has that kind of vibe. Like like when you walk into the park, there's very much that kind of style. And you mentioned it feels very '90s. Um, and and that's like a lot of the stuff. Like it, it reminds me of stuff I hear over at Disney, and you know stuff that was maybe created in the '90s as well. There's just this vibe of like that music during that time period. It just, I don't know if it was just because like, I don't know how they made it all. If it was just like on like some like 
generic keyboard from the 90s, but like it, it feels like so 90s and I love it and it, and it feels good. Oh, yeah. It feels nostalgic for that. Um, oh, yeah. I feel like, you know, back then in the in the film music world, you know, they I mean, a lot of a lot of the instruments in that are probably live players. Hmm. Um, just digital scoring was was still, you know, coming up and, and growing and it was a fledgling thing, let's yeah. say. And so, like, there, there's some some th- synthetic digital elements of that track, but a lot like the, the steel drum and and the the flute, the woodwind, whatever that is in there, and and the drums, like those are, I would guess that those are probably live players, which is really cool. So, well, they actually, and 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 speaking of live players, when you you're in that section of the park, there there is like a band that actually hangs out in there every now oh, and yeah. then. You don't see them all the time, but they'll they'll come in with their steel drums and they'll play stuff. I don't I don't remember if they specifically play this tune, I would assume, but um but they do play stuff while you're walking through there and it's nice. I did watch them the like, last time I was down there for a little bit. So, did did you get a chance to see them when you were walking through? They they weren't out when I was there in August. Oh, um, but like, too hot. That's that's perfect, like honestly. I I can't imagine having a steel drum in front of you as it's, you know, 98 degrees and the steel drums reflecting off into your face. And it's just like, uh, I don't want to play the Jurassic Park <laughs> <Yeah>. theme anymore. <laughs> but uh, but there is actually a second version of this track mm-hmm. as well, which is weird. I, I don't know why. It's like I, I mentioned it earlier, but there's the, you know, the, uh, the, the official soundtrack from Islands of Adventure. But then there's also like, the new official soundtrack of islands of adventure which came out like a year later like i I don't i don't really know what was going on here it's weird because like some of the notes have changed on the back of like the packaging and stuff like that it actually mentions that like it took away the the mention of like the um uh who was it actually did i write that down there was somebody else um yeah, no, this wasn't the William Kidd one. So so I forget the name of the uh, composer here for this track, but uh, somebody actually arranged this track. I don't have it here because uh, I'll try to look it up when we're playing the next one. But we'll, we'll listen to this next Jurassic Calypso here because they changed it from Jurassic Park Calypso to just Jurassic Calypso. So this, I believe, you can also hear in that section. I think they kind of rotate maybe between these two. Um, don't quote me on that, but I believe I've heard this one as well. And it's it's nearly identical and I honestly, I, I if I had a way to play both of these on top of each other, I would because it sounds like you could actually just like hear like this is like a, a, a version they created that you could just layer on top the Jurassic Park stuff and it would work. So here it is, it's very similar. Um, here it comes. Do do do. Like you could hear like them them getting into the musical elements of Jurassic Park, but they never actually get there. So this part is just like just calypso. Like this is just nice calypso music. Yeah. It's sort of to my to my musical ear, like it feels like they're sort of like doing a variation or some improvisation on the Jurassic stuff a little bit. Well, yeah, I think I think the like the the underlying music. I, I'd like to like like I said like layer them on top of each other because the the underlying music sounds very very much the same. 
It's just that like that solo over top of it with the flute is is a bit different. But you could actually just place in do 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 do, you know, and it works. Yeah. You know, so mm -hmm. I I dig this one, but it's a nice it's nice background music. It fits well. It's not Jurassic per se, but it's called Jurassic Calypso. Um, yeah. And even They're that like, part. Hey, we. That that part right there. Yeah. It's not it's not Jurassic, but it's like let me go back. Um, and you can kind of hear it. Uh, do, 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 you know, like that, like crescendo moment in the actual theme. Oh yeah. They were, um, they were probably like, Hey, we need, we need some like extra stuff that doesn't directly quote all the previously established stuff. And mm -hmm. the guy was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm trying to come up with this name here. I can't, I can't find the, uh, Let's see. Sometimes, you know, those those theme park tracks, sometimes those, you know, the, the folks behind those are a little hard to find. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think in general, trying to reference this stuff that was made back, you know, late 90s, it was it was a bit difficult. Um, so I'm looking it up here on Google, and it just says John Williams. And I mean, sure, you can, you, you know, he gets credit for the creation of that, but, like, I actually want... Sure the person who arranged it so it, it's tough sometimes let's see if this one has it oh okay so it was lou forestieri i think i'm pronouncing that right okay. forestieri um so he arranged uh the calypso edition but it's weird because i believe the new one lists just the william kidd uh composer as the composer for that track so it's like it's weird i don't know why that's kind of confused there but Louis uh, Forestieri actually arranged the the uh, Calypso version. Still has the nice still yeah. blues riff. <laughs> like I feel like there needs to be like a symbol clasp, like like it's just like an old ragtimey guy like playing, you know, on the keyboard there. It's it, it's great. I love that. It's it feels right. That's cool. It works perfectly. So I want to be like, but wait, there's more because th there is actually more uh, for this score for uh, Islands of Adventure. And I was honestly kind of surprised. I, I've listened to the score before, but I, I, I didn't, I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever like took notice that there were like some other tracks on here so, for Jurassic. So you have uh, a track here for Camp Jurassic, um, mm -hmm. which, uh, you know, it's, it's written by Tony uh, Humecki and Chip Smith. The beginning of this, I don't think this is the the beginning is actually Jurassic related. I as far as I've heard it might be a carryover from like um Poseidon's Fury which is an attraction that's just right around there. It's it's, it's kind of like maybe they were using this as like a transition into it for some reason. I don't know. But um that's as far mm. as what I heard, but I I can't confirm that for sure. But I want to take a listen to this too. This is Camp Jurassic. Um So this is the part I think is just a carryover because it doesn't feel very Jurassic. It feels mystical. You know what the beginning of that sounds like to me? What's that? <laughs> sounds like Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Oh, you know, I I, I guess you could say, yeah, it does. Dun, 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 dun. It does. Yeah, just like even just the chord progression just sounds like it is in that world. So. Yeah. And then this is where it gets Jurassic-y, I guess you could say. It's, it, I mean, the thing about 
these these tracks here after the calypso they kind of take a different approach to jurassic music right so we had this conversation uh in this segment about beyond the gates where we were talking about how when you create something for jurassic property you really want it to feel jurassic um i don't know if i could say that exactly for this this feels different this feels like jungle james bond or something weird like it <laughs> jungle there's, James Bond. There, there's like um, there's like moments in there that kind of like sound like the 007 theme like at times sure. to me like this is like like child childlike jurassic is what a phrase i would use like but it also like all like we can say this again like after we've listened to all of this stuff but like this this absolutely feels to me like something that would be present in you know in the Jurassic World petting zoo or the area where you get yeah. to ride a baby dinosaur like it feel this all of this stuff definitely feels like it would be played in the actual Jurassic World park yeah and that's i was going to bring that up as well because when you when you think about it that way like hey let's let's actually visit Jurassic Park in the 90s it's completed you know it's the year is 1997 and Jurassic Park has been open for a few years everything's operating it's great um, you visit the park, you could almost like hear, um, first off that Calypso version, like when, maybe when you pull up to the, the visitor center, like I could definitely hear that being mm-hmm. a, a song that's played when you come up to the visitor center. And then like, you know, like you're saying, maybe there's a petting zoo, maybe you're going, walking over towards the, the Raptor paddock or something. And, and like, this is playing, you know, like, so in mm-hmm. world specifically speaking, it works. But like from outside, yeah. from it, sometimes I'm like, ah, it doesn't necessarily feel like a Jurassic track. But like when you're in world, right. it's it's diegetic. It, it feels like it's part of, you know, the the landscape of the you know the land or the world that that that, that they're building. Oh yeah, I you know in in world they they don't know who John Williams is necessarily. <laughs> so like they're they're creating something that feels like you're on a dinosaur safari. Yeah, <laughs> so. I like these like guitar lines. It does this is the bondy like sounding stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh like in the film music world we talk about how it's it's so funny that the sound of James Bond is a surfer guitar. Like of all the <laughs> instruments. It's a surfer guitar. Yeah. So like it, yeah, that, that's that's really funny. Like it's Jurassic James Bond. Yeah, and actually, um, I did take a listen to some um, some videos because I was like, I don't remember specifically. Like, this is not something I've ever heard myself in the park. Um, but yeah, it was built for it, I guess. Maybe I don't know. I guess it was played there at some point. But it's it's called Camp Jurassic, which yeah. you know would would lead you lead you to believe that it was played in Camp Jurassic. Maybe I don't I don't know. I don't have any yeah. confirmation on that. But like. I did watch some videos from Camp Jurassic and I didn't hear any tracks played. Doesn't mean there aren't any. It's very loud. You've got, you know, uh, a ride up above you in Camp Jurassic, basically, uh, with Tranid on flyers. And then plus there's kids running all over, families, you know, parents yelling um, and just kids playing. Yeah. So it's it's a very loud section. But, you know, that's Camp Jurassic. If it, it It's fun. Um, but I don't know if I've ever heard it or I'm assuming people have at one point, but, uh, who knows? Right. I feel like part of it is like one, it's, it's 
probably not played too loud. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's part of it. But also, I feel like part of it is just it works really well and it's immersive and it just blends with your experience and you and you probably don't notice it that much, honestly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you want. I mean, you don't want to be taken out of the moment. You want it to be background music. That's why it's called background music. Mm-hmm. Um, so the yeah. next one is interesting. Uh, it's very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you've uh, ever visited, uh, there's a there's a big uh, restaurant down there called Thunder Falls Terrace. Um, beautiful place. Uh, I did eat there, I don't know, sometime recent. No, I don't know, maybe like 2019. Um it's great um and it's it's got this like great like lighting system in there with like dinosaurs like surrounding the lights and it's just very picturesque area you know yeah i i ate there when i was there a month ago in august and it's just i i don't i didn't remember it at all from the time before i was there and like the (laughs) the theming and the decoration in there is so cool and it's like retro dinosaur decorations Mm -hmm. it's not even necessarily like jurassic it would just work in a dinosaur park like all the decorations are dinosaurs and like the the coolest part is the massive window and you just see the boats come down every few seconds with the huge splash of water and it's awesome it reminds me of like like animal kingdoms interpretation of like dinosaurs and stuff like that like how how things are presented inside and it's kind of got that like lodge feeling to it yeah it definitely has a lodge feel i think like just thinking back about the lighting and like the the colors and stuff like it it does feel very jurassic park visitor center where where tim and lex are when they find Mm -hmm. all that food it does feel a little bit like that just with the lighting and the colors (laughs) they chose which is you know it was probably on purpose and but yeah so so you've got the image in your head of what this place is let me let me ask you does this sound like uh like it would be part of (laughs) part of that that world uh here we go let me bring this in (laughs) it's uh very unexpected very unexpected this is like you know and and thunder falls is is great it's it feels classy but like this is if thunder falls was like a five-star restaurant a swanky like wealthy people place i i feel i <laughs> that's feel like what, that's the vibe i feel like it's that restaurant or, or or club from like uh the mask like like jim carrey walks up to that club <laughs> yeah. like this is the music yeah i don't know it's like bossa nova or like mambo or something like that like i know they mentioned the cuban beat uh, so yeah that's what they said it was the dine at the cuban dine to yeah. the cuban beat of thunder falls terrace so very interesting cute a cuban beat um but you know it does feel very i don't remember it does i don't remember (laughs) hearing this in august like i don't remember hearing it at all which is interesting but same same with the camp jurassic track i don't know if these two are played at all anymore in the park i mean things like this change a lot so you never know but um like you said about about the camp jurassic it could be in the background somewhere maybe we just haven't heard it um but uh i'll have to i'll have to ask some of my my friends down there who are there like constantly if they can go check it out and and confirm and and we'll get back to everybody (laughs) if all of these are in there all the time or not but this is a unique one. Yeah, this, I know with, uh, this doesn't feel very Jurassic, but in world, maybe, maybe it would work, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, maybe in world it would work. I know I was just going to say like with 
with like creative directors and and managers of specific areas and theme parks that that change periodically like the the sounds and the music do change with those people for sure yeah so this is a fun one though i i can't help but like just be yes. dancing to it this whole time I'm just bobbing around <laughs> this this needs to be your your background music for episodes and youtube videos man <laughs> Yeah, this does need to be like the waiting music. Like, hey, the stream is about to start. Get ready. Oh my gosh. That's that's what this feels like. It feels like if you called Jurassic Park about tickets or something, and they were like, sorry, we're going to have to put you on hold for a few minutes. Like, this is the hold music. That's what this is. Yeah, it's it's definitely the hold music, and, and they put you on hold, and then it's like the voice you're hearing is Richard Kiley. We spared no expense. <laughs> if you want to book a hotel at Jurassic Park... Please uh, dial one now and <laughs> visit visit Jurassic Park's Herbivore Valley. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh, that's perfect. So this does work perfectly yeah. in world. Maybe not at a restaurant, yes. but as a a hold theme for uh, for the park when you're calling. Yeah. Down, when I call down to Isla Nublar, this is what I hear. <laughs> you're you're a fr- you're frustrated that you you didn't get a refund on your ticket or something. Or, I had and a you're coupon. You're having to listen to this music. I had a coupon <laughs> yeah. and you didn't it let was, it. Where, like, I, why couldn't I apply this coupon? It was coupon day and you didn't let me apply my coupon. <laughs> so so that's under false terrace. Uh, that was actually written by William Ashford. This you know all the joking aside, it, it's no you know. Um, slight to any of these tracks because i think there's some value to these tracks um oh yeah uh, and they're it, they're, it they're great so you know much. great tracks in them in themselves but um yeah it takes so much creative force and planning to create anything like that even the very like simple swanky classy like jazz restaurant on mm-hmm. hold music like that takes that takes a lot of creative force and a lot of brain power and it's it's really great for what it is like that's that's some cool music and What's funny that I just realized is there, you know, all the composers we've mentioned for this Islands of Adventure stuff, there was a guy named John and there was a guy named William. So it's like, yeah, John, John. Wilson, he's there. <laughs> I know. <right>? So. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Um, and speaking of John Williams, one of the main tracks that you hear throughout the land itself is actually um, from the Lost World, and it's it's amazing that they're like mm-hmm. they 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 really put a spotlight on the Lost World here with uh, with the trek. So this is this is from that. You know the song, right? Like uh, everybody knows this song. I feel like. And the great thing about this track is, like we were talking about with some of the others, it falls into the background. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's just back there. All for the most part, it's just some some drums, some uh, you know percussions, and just playing around. You hear this, you hear this, and instantly it's like that's the lost world. Like that's the environment, that's the vibe, it's everything. Somebody somebody was being a little sly, and they're like, well, after our guests trek all the way out to Jurassic Park, they're gonna hear a track from John Williams called The Trek. And so they're walking. Everybody's <laughs> tired. They've made it all the way to the back of the park. Let's give them the right track. Um, but it works. If, like I said, it falls into the background, and you, and you you almost barely notice it. It's just kind of like filler. Um, it's a great track. I love this track in general. And I think I don't know. Like I haven't I haven't spent enough time down there. Like 
consistently to like recognize everything that is used everywhere. But um, I think they actually cut this up a little bit so it's not like just a full track or something like that. So it stays consistent throughout um, throughout your walk. Yeah, but it's a good one. It works perfectly. You got some Jurassic, Jurassic like yeah. Really settle in there. It's good. Uh, so it kind of like in a way it kind of has like these camp jurassic vibes like the with the percussion and stuff like that it's a little different but um it kind of could transition a little bit into that i think but so this is used a lot of the times like we said before um the jurassic park theme is is the big you know entrance theme as you're walking in this it transitions into this nicely and then you transition into the Calypso as well. I think you transition back into the Trek. Um, but with, with Velocicoaster coming in, um, it's been a perfect opportunity to actually, you know, have a lot of Jurassic World stuff. Um, so so when, you're in, when you're down there, you're, you're visiting Velocicoaster, how much of the uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom scores did you notice when you were down there? I, uh, it was me and my girlfriend, Judy and Michael Corelli there that yes. day, which shout out to him. Cause he's awesome. Um, and we were, we got, we actually, you know, we got food at Jurassic cafe or I don't remember exactly what it's called there. The Jurassic cafe is what it's called here in California, but we got food <laughs> in the, in the visitor center. Oh, okay. So a burger digs. We, we, Yes, Burger Digs, that's what it is. And we we went out onto the balcony terrace thing to find a table, which is like right next to Velocicoaster. Mm. And I actually didn't notice it as much when we were in line or anything. But like when we were on the terrace eating, it was like, man, they're using a lot of the extensive Fallen Kingdom score, like mm -hmm. more than I expected at all. Um <clears throat> and it's really it was really just some of the main main themes some of the ominous stuff from that score but i was like wow like one i was surprised that they were using it that much two i was really happy that they were using it because i love that score and but it also like it works so well like for the for the environment and what's what's going on and everything in that ride it's like just it just screams jurassic world when you hear that music so yeah 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 you know i've been following like the construction of this ride for so long now or i guess it hasn't been that long they kind of built it really fast but um <clears throat> you know when the moment like people were actually able to get up a little bit closer to it because for so long it was just just shots like from across the river or, or across the lagoon like you're like what's over there i can't really see um but when people actually started to hear the music i was like my first thought was are they playing Fallen Kingdom stuff? Is it in there? <laughs> and and to learn that, you know, when I was down there and, and from people telling me like, oh, there was Fallen Kingdom in there. I was so happy to hear it as well. I remember talking to Alicia Stella. Um, I've had her on the podcast a few times and, uh, you know, she confirmed it to, to me and I was like, yes, that's amazing. Um, so, yeah. and, and it's it's great. Like it, it works so well. Of course, like Fallen Kingdom music is is set post all of this. So it's, it's weird, mm -hmm. but like it works, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I it was on. I I would have expected the music to be like seventy five percent Jurassic World, like twenty five percent Fallen Kingdom, but it was honestly like fifty fifty. Like 
there was a lot of Jurassic World and there was a lot of Fallen Kingdom. Um, mm-hmm. There was a lot of chasing the dragons and, you know, uh, <clears throat> as the Jurassic World turns, there's a lot of that. But then there was also like the, I mean, I think I want to say most of what they used was like, you know, Declaration of Independence and mm-hmm. thus begins the Indo Rapture and like the the suite of all the themes from the film that plays during the credits. Like I want to say, mm-hmm. like they used a lot of that, but like yeah. it all yeah. like it all blends together really well and it all works. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I do remember hearing s- some stuff like this uh, because this is the music in Jurassic World that like is part of the park like we were talking about with the calypso stuff and and all the other thunder falls like this is part of jurassic world like in in the movie like this is the this is the theme park music so you know this is necessary to include in a jurassic world uh, what is it hammond the hammond lab overture oh this one's uh it's a it's a small jurassic world oh it's a small jurassic world like it's a small jurassic world the hammond lab overture and like sunrise over jurassic world like all of those like are feel like they were written outside of the films by some guy who was writing music for the theme park and they were <laughs> from they were uh awesome. let's see from uh chip smith and <laughs> william ashford and william kidd yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but i love it i i mean it, it was so so exciting to hear you know this music and and to uh to see like the jurassic world stuff come to life even though you have jurassic park in this park as well um to actually have both of them working hand in hand going from fallen kingdom music jurassic world music lost world calypso stuff jurassic park it literally encompassed so much so it's beautiful like it's it's so exciting now to walk through this land you know there's so much to it it's awesome and like the i want to say like the cue for velocicoaster mm-hmm. is so much fun like and they they use some subtle Jurassic World music in there, but like yeah, it's it's great. And like the little like the little intro or like the beginning of Velocicoaster when you're seeing like the raptors running and stuff. There's a little there's a little bit of chasing the dragons and some other stuff in there. It's 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 great. Yeah, you know I for the most part when I heard the music or when I at least noticed it, um, you actually when you get in the queue there's like an outside portion kind of there it's still under some covering if you're in the extended queue it goes out under or not under the covering i believe um i didn't get to do i didn't do that at all but there's a a covered outdoor section and that's where i was like oh there's nothing to to look at it's just like the walls and some outside stuff and and then the music and i was like oh this is where the music is so but once i got inside like you said i'm sure there's a lot going on in there music wise but like it didn't register uh for me especially it was it's like more... it was opening day i was like blown away by everything oh yeah that i was seeing you know it's much more yeah it's much more subtle i think when you actually get into the indoor queue and you see claire and owen and all, all of the queue stuff but yeah mm-hmm. yeah one day i'd like to to get more in depth with that stuff as well because there's 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 videos with like dr Wu and um Mm -hmm. uh, mr dna i don't remember if there was any music during the claire and owen stuff um i can't remember probably i could probably look that up at some point but um but still i'd like to kind of dive in depth on that uh the cue for like jurassic park river adventure even the ride itself you know because there are uh 
you know cues played on the rides but let's we've talked about orlando enough i feel like so so you know you recently like we i think we mentioned uh you moved out to towards la i don't know if it's in, in la or not but you moved out throughout that direction and you actually yeah. work at the park now right so so what is that like being yeah. in the park all the time yeah so i moved i moved to los angeles i actually like when we moved out here i obviously i i love jurassic and i love going to the park so like and and a lot of our friends in this area were sort of in the area of the park so like when we were looking at apartments and stuff we we wanted to find something that was like made getting to the park easy and we were close to our friends etc and so like our our place that we live that we chose is is really convenient to get to the parks and so when we moved here like i you know we my girlfriend and i were both musicians and composers and so you know the the goal of moving out to la was to get into the film industry and be in the hub of the film industry and you know i've i've been doing tons of music jobs but at the same time just applying to other stuff and i applied to the a a ride operator job at universal studios just just because like there were days <laughs> when i was applying to five or six or seven things yeah yeah just, that works yeah, because some when you're in the film or the music industry, sometimes you need a day job, mm -hmm. and so you know they I they I got an email back really quickly actually that they wanted to interview me for this ride operator job, and I was like, okay, sure, like sounds like fun work at Universal Studios, that would be fun, and so got the interview. It was over like Microsoft Teams or Google Meets or something, and. Uh -huh. Um, you know, it was, it was your typical, mostly your typical job interview, just those types of questions. But it was also like, uh, are, are you okay with being outdoors and being in a fast environment and all of this type of, you know, theme park environment, those kinds of questions. And, uh, you know, I said yes. And they were like, okay, like if you had a, if you had an attraction <laughs> that you would like to be a ride operator at what would it be? Why, why did they bother and, asking you? Did they look at your video <laughs> when they were talking to you? Did they look behind I, you at all? Like <laughs> I had, yeah, I had this in the background of the interview. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was like in that split second, I, when they asked me that, I was like, I, I, could, I honestly could not believe that they asked if I had a, an attraction that I would like. Yeah. I thought they were just going to just throw you wherever. Yeah. An attraction. Um, but, but the situation was like, you know, in that stage of the pandemic, like a lot of people had been laid off or furloughed, mm -hmm. unfortunately. And so they were hiring a ton of new people. And so like, they were like, yeah, if there was an attraction you would want to work out, what would it be? And I was like, well, well. <laughs> uh, since, since you asked, I would love to work at Jurassic world, but I, I am open to anything, you know, the, you know, your, your typical general yeah. objective job interview answer. And so they, and then like the interview went on a little bit and she sort of asked me like, are you comfortable with being outdoors in the heat? And like, are you comfortable with heights and all this stuff? And I was like, yes. Okay. Yes. And like that, which was, this was also extremely unexpected. Like that, that day at the end of, at the end of the interview, she was like, all right, I'd like to offer you the Jurassic world ride operator job. Oh, that's amazing. And I was just like, well, I was like, holy I didn't say this, but like inside I was like, holy crap, like yeah. this is this is amazing. Like this is crazy. And one 
completely unexpected and to a job I I would never turn down. (laughs) Yeah. And so like, yeah, so I went through like I I took the Jurassic World ride operator job. Ride operator is my technical title. Um, And so, yeah. And so there's there is a ton of training like Mm. it was a week long of of training of of safety training and basic you know everything about how the ride works and how to you know different situations that can happen on the ride and how to handle them and <laughs> yeah. all kinds of stuff and like what if so a dinosaur was, was, gets out you know how do you handle exactly that? well and the like when as in my job is it, it's fun because when the ride goes down or if it, if it stops for a second or, or a guest is like, Hey, it, it stopped for like five minutes and then we continued. Like what happened? Like I get to tell people like, Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like the Triceratops busted through her fence. I'm, I'm really sorry. Like we, That's had amazing. To, we had to wrangle her and get her back into her enclosure, you know, or something like that. Or like, you know, the, yeah. the, the new Indominus Rex was angry and it was unexpected. And that's why the ride was down for a little bit. We're very <laughs> sorry about that. And like, please come back and visit us again sometime soon. And so uh, it's, it's really fun. Um, you know, I will say, you know, there are certain, there are certain aspects I probably am not allowed to talk about just cause I, I still work there at the moment. But what I will say is like the most fun part of the training was getting to go into the ride when it was not operating mm-hmm. and see see what it's like behind the scenes and walk through everything and um go up in the ride building and all that which uh there the the stairs to get up in the ride building oh my are, gosh yeah. are a workout <laughs> yeah there are, it's i mean it's seriously like 200 at, at least 200 steps to get up in there I mean, that's and... that's one ride that I want an, an evac on. You know, I, I want it to stop on the, <laughs> on the lift as I'm going up so I can, you know, I can get out of the boat and go off to the side and be like, hey, take oh, a selfie yeah. with well, the T-Rex. It, you know, it, uh, <laughs> it happens every once in a while. I, I have I have had to do one evac while I have been employed there. And so it's nice. <laughs> it's it's, uh, you know it's not fun just because it's, it's kind of a stressful situation. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Situation is. You got to get the guests but like, out of there also, safely. But also it's, it's like, it's almost like a real world Jurassic world disaster situation. Like mm-hmm. the dinosaurs have gotten out and you're having to, you're, you are an employee of Jurassic world yeah. and you're having to help people. So it's, it's fun. But like the best part of training was going through the ride and up in the ride building I got to pet the one of the Indominus animatronics. Oh man! <laughs> and it was, <laughs> and it was fun. It it was very cool. And I I will say like, you know, there's there's a reason it's it's very dark up in the ride building, and it's to create uh-huh. that environment. Yeah. And like, but like being up there and so close to those animatronics was incredible. Like those mm-hmm. those animatronics, even though some of them are like. 25 years old they are like they are incredible like Mm -hmm. so so cool to see um and the rex the rex animatronic which has been there since the beginning um up close is just gorgeous like Mm -hmm. it is amazing 
Um, yeah. And so that, that, that was, I haven't gotten to go up in the ride building again since then, but like that was, that was really the coolest part of the training. And so now I'm a ride operator and you know, I, I have a lot of facets to the job. I, I greet people at the gates or I, you know, help, help people in the queue, make sure the queue is functioning correctly, or I put them into row rows of five to get onto the boats or I help them onto the boats or I help them off the boats. You know, that that's my job right now. So yeah. but it's, it's a lot of fun. I get to hang out at Jurassic world all day. So <laughs> yeah. I always say that one day I'll, I'll just move down to Florida and just like get a job at a park down there and just like, uh, you know, just be immersed <laughs> in it all day long, you know, even though you have to work and stuff like that. But like, you know, it, 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 how is that for you? How, how has that been for you? Are you still like thrilled and excited to go to Universal, you know, even outside of, uh, you know, uh, the job itself? Yeah, I mean, I will say like, you know, there's two things I'll say is like most most days it goes by so quickly just because it's mm -hmm. fun and I, I love Jurassic and I get to hang out there all day and, you know, it make make people's days and help them have a good experience. And like, you know, it's it's hot in California, <laughs> so it's hot, but it's yeah, but it's a lot of fun. And like and the second thing I would say is like when I took the job. And like, as I started it, I kind of, you know, as a massive Jurassic fan, I kind of had to have the the thought process and conversation with myself, which was like, I want to, I want to do this job, but I also still want to be able to like, enjoy Jurassic and the theme parks outside of this job. Mm -hmm. And so I've, I've, I personally have just been, been very careful with, yeah. with my experience yeah. and everything that I do. Like I, I'm on like the low basic level of Jurassic World ride employees and like there are there are next steps and more training to get to do different things at Jurassic World the ride mm -hmm. that I I have chosen not to do just because I want to stay on the basic level and just be on yeah. the guest interaction side of the ride as if I am a real Jurassic World employee which is fun whereas like the next level of being a Jurassic World employee is like actually making the ride work mm -hmm. which which would which would be very cool and and is very cool but like me personally i just don't want to do that just because i want to still view the ride from like an outside perspective yeah and experience you don't you don't so, want the illusion to be totally broken you know you ha you've, you can pet exactly. your indominus but like you don't want the whole thing to be broken you know um exactly yeah, well, and like I and the other thing I would say is like, you know, I my my main job is as a musician and a film composer. So like this is this is just a day job for me right now. And yeah. like is is I wouldn't say it's long term, but like I'm just like grateful. I will always get to say I worked at Jurassic World. And so, I, yeah, it's great. And just just real quick, um, like in case any like perspective like someone who wants to work at a theme park or someone who wants to work at Jurassic is listening, like do it. Like mm -hmm. NBC universal is a great company. Um, especially the people who run their parks. Like they, they are just very nice people who are supportive of their employees. And there are, you know, there is every, you know, every, every like, benefit and treatment of employees that that should be present in any workplace is there and and there's more stuff on top of that so yeah. like it's a great place to work so like if you're ever thinking about doing it do it 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know a, a bunch of people that work down in Orlando at the parks and and long-term wise, like they've been there for a while and and uh you know, I know it's it's a great place and you know, it's one of those things. Maybe someday in the future that could be cool. Um yeah. so so l- let me ask you this, are you sick of the Jurassic World music yet? You tired of it? Is it something you don't ever no, want to listen to? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually. Like the so like the first thing that comes to mind is when I'm in my position, in my job, like there are a few positions that I talked about before. And like mm-hmm. the position where I'm getting people off of boats is called unload. Uh-huh. And at unload, that is, that is the position where every time a boat comes around the corner after that big drop, like the Jurassic world fanfare is, is triggered. Like there's a little system, like every time a boat comes around that corner, you hear that music. And so at unload, like, you know, the guests hear it once and then they get off the ride at unload. I, I hear it. You know, if I'm at that position for an hour, I hear it 50 times. And so (laughs) it's, it's fun. You know, you, in that position, you, you create ways to, to entertain guests. You dance along, you clap, you, you sing it. It's, it's fun. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing that like, a lot of guests don't realize like there's a lot of repeatability when it comes to like theme park music and, and just operations in general. Like, um, you know, things get repeated constantly, whether it's the music or just the, the sound effects or the, the clips that you see, like, you know, these things are just constantly Mm -hmm. there. So outside of, uh, so is this, is this, this is a Jurassic world land, obviously. And Mm -hmm. I have, I haven't been to this park since 1987. So I, I have no, I have no idea. Like I, I, I you know, I, I look at it from the outside and I, you know, I see it online and, sure. and videos and stuff like that. But like, I'm so disconnected from what this park is. So I missed, I missed everything Jurassic Park because it used to be all Jurassic Park. Um, and now, you know, it's all <clears throat> Jurassic World now. So, so talk about the music down there. What are, what are we hearing? Uh, are we hearing Fallen Kingdom at all, or is like we are in in Velocicoaster area, or just Jurassic World stuff? Uh, so the first thing I'm going to say is you you need to come out to California and experience I it. Know, I know, because I got to because they have like Jurassic Park when it was Jurassic Park was was amazing, but mm-hmm. like they have they have done a phenomenal job of retheming everything. Yeah, um, it's it's really great. It all works so well. Um. But what you're hearing is, you know, you're hearing the Jurassic Park fanfare that is throughout all the films. That mm-hmm. sort of thing is throughout the land. Um, and then what you hear when you go through the gates and sort of head towards the ride is what I'm about 99% sure is the drum track from Rescuing Sarah from the Lost World. Okay. Like they have. They have pulled that drum stem from from the track, huh. and they use it there because it, it's just like bum ba dum bum bum dum da 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 da. It's like constant like jungle percussion bongo type stuff, um, and it and it works really well. It's it's rugged. It it gives you the sense of adventure. It's 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 really good, and so. Uh, you know also near near the ride entrance is dino play mm-hmm. which is uh you know the, our our jurassic land doesn't have a kid's ride 
but we have a kids like a really honestly really cool kids playground area with a giant stegoceratops uh skeleton that kids can climb through and all kinds of stuff it's it's and it's like really educational too with like dinosaur mm -hmm. facts and stuff but like yeah it looks no, really cool it it's very very cool um there's no real music playing in that area okay um they funnily enough they have a they have what is basically a vibraphone set up with little mallets that kids that kids can play and there is a there's a little plaque next to it that says how to play the jurassic park theme oh really <laughs> so yeah it says which 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 uh like tubes to hit to play the jurassic park theme huh and so that's really cool and as a composer and musician i i really appreciate that um it's it's really fun um and they're they're like buttons throughout the that little kids area that you can push with dinosaur sounds um as well but uh then like if you go the opposite way into the ride queue um they did brand new ride queue videos when the ride was redone in mm -hmm. uh 2019 um which are which are really fun they i i learned when i was when i was in orlando that they filmed the ride videos for california at the same time that they filmed filmed the queue videos for velocicoaster mm -hmm. so those were filmed at the same time um which is cool and like seeing them i i see the one here constantly obviously but like seeing the one in orlando like oh claire and owen look exactly yeah. the same and it's great <laughs> um but anyway so you you go into the main queue which you know uh is Stephen Ray Morris re described it really well. It's like, it's nothing super extensive like you would see in a Harry Potter land or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's it's very corporate, very theme park, which is what, yep. you, what Jurassic <laughs> World is aiming to be. Yeah. Um, and anyway, the, the Q videos are are a lot of fun. They have original music that is not in any other films. Or oh, nice, nice. Um, and it's it's really cool. And I don't know if it's out on the internet anywhere but um it's it's it feels jurassic enough i in my opinion it could feel a little more jurassic that's mm. just my opinion but um it's very like but it, the reason it works is because the q videos are all on this fictional thing called the jurassic world network mm -hmm. which is like the news network that is in the park which is cool and so the the music in between segments is st in and stuff feels very like nbc nightly news and like <laughs> fanfare play very playful very corporate very streamlined stuff and it's it's cool yeah um and so you don't the you don't actually hear any like music from the jurassic world films until you get on the ride yeah which is which is cool. Um, you, I, I, you I tried bringing up the queue itself, but like it was the first day, and people are just like, "Yay, it's open!" And I'm like, "That's not what really what we want to hear." <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, honestly, the music in the queue videos is is minimal. Um, it's mm. not. It's definitely not constantly playing. Um, there's there's more talking than there is music in the queue videos, which is fine. But yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at one here. It's uh, here's Claire. So, 
Yeah, you can hear like some swells and stuff in there of music, but nothing that sounds like yeah. it's from a score. Right. Um, and it 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 all works really really mm. well. It's oh yeah. It's, you wouldn't you wouldn't hear it separate from those videos and think oh that's from a Jurassic thing necessarily, mm. but it it works. And just hearing Claire's voice there reminded me of something, which is like in certain positions at my job, we have a headset so that we can, can communicate with the control room and stuff. And like, depending on who's on the radio and who's on the headset and where they are in relation to like Claire's voice and the cue videos, sometimes it's like Claire's voice is coming through the headset to us. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, it's, it's very cool, but sometimes it's weird because it's like, holy crap like Claire Deering is on my headset it's like am I I'm supposed to be taking working. direction like from Claire now <laughs> yeah so uh like, Claire yeah, every, I'll be, I'll be over one. there in a second Claire uh <laughs> Owen's paging me hold on I gotta talk to Owen real quick yeah sometimes <laughs> it's like on the headset when I'm doing my normal job I'll hear like this is Claire Deering like and she'll start talking I'm like wait wait a second what yeah, like so, move back from the speaker please it's very loud <laughs> Yeah, I think I think the first time I heard Claire on the headset, I was I like radioed control and I was like, am I am I supposed to be hearing Claire on the headset? Like, is that is that a normal thing? And they were like, their cheeky response was when you should be concerned is when you hear Claire not on the headset. <laughs> so anyway, it's perfect. It makes uh, sense. <laughs> yeah. So you you go through the queue, you get on the boats and as you're you know the the basic ride structure is the same as the river adventure in mm -hmm. orlando so it's it's the same basic ride but it's very very different now that it's jurassic world um and so you go up that first lift and you hear you know what is the beginning of as the jurassic world turns the ba -da -da -da, ba -da -da -da. Mm -hmm. um and you know the the narrator is talking to you like Mosasaurus is the queen of the deep, the biggest marine reptile that's ever lived, all that stuff. Um, and then when you enter the Mosasaurus aquarium portion of the ride, you hear like Jurassic World theme and Jurassic World fanfare from, from the films, which is really the only place in the whole area that you hear that. Mm -hmm. um, and so that that's really cool and it fits perfectly um that area of the ride is it's really really great um you need you need to come ride it brad um, ah, one day <laughs> one day uh and then you know after the mosasaur aquarium you see the stegosaurs you see the parasaurolophus burst out of the water it's very cool then then things go wrong um, the Indominus has escaped and all that. There's And there's not much music in any of that portion. Mm -hmm. um, like at all. Um, and then as you're going up the big lift, uh, you see Owen telling you to remain calm and keep your hands in the vehicle. If you can hear me, <laughs> remain calm. Um, keep your hands inside of the vehicle. Uh, one, 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 of the, one of the things on the safety videos is you don't want your arm to become a dinosaur snack. Um... <laughs> And so is that yeah, he's you're holding that, that massive piece and... of meat in his in his arms. <laughs> yeah. I love I love that image um, of him just with like a huge chicken wing almost. <laughs> it's hilarious. 
<laughs> and uh, no, as you get to the top of that huge lift up into the ride building, you hear a bit of music that I, th- I mean, it's from Jurassic World, but it's hard to pinpoint a cue because mm-hmm. they've pulled instrumentation from a queue and sort of isolated it and it it's like right as you see the tyrannosaurus rex kingdom sign and go sort of into the ride building mm-hmm. it's like bam, bam. it's it's epic it's it's frightening it's a little scary um and i want to say it's from like raptor your heart out or something from the jurassic world score um and that sort of music continues through the ride building and then you know I won't I won't spoil what happens too much at the <laughs> top of the ride building. But that music continues and you and you because and I won't spoil it because like during the pandemic times and last year they added even more to it. Yeah. And it's it's fantastic. It's so good. Oh, yeah. And so anyway, you you drop and then it's like everything's resolved and you hear the Jurassic Park fanfare again and <laughs> you you made it. And when when people get off the boats like we're trained to tell people, welcome back, survivors. Like, you survived. Welcome. So, yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be fun. One day I'll get out there. Uh, and, and we'll all ride yeah, dude, together. We'll get Steven out there, too. Yes. And, and... yes. <laughs> I want to ride it because, like, you you kind of referenced it before. But, like, yeah, yeah the Jurassic Park section was great. But, like, I, I feel like they've really done a great job making this very cohesive. And, and it feels so good. And it feels like a nice addition to this ride too you know i i know what the river adventure is like it's very similar to what was uh jurassic park the ride slight differences here and there but um Mm -hmm. but this i really dig the the mosasaur area so that's that's something i really want to see in person i've seen the video like a hundred times but uh one day yeah well and like even from like i i wrote it in 2019 like right after it had reopened at jurassic world Mm-hmm. and it was great but there were some things that needed to improve a little bit which i think i think you know for sure yeah and, <laughs> and like they did many more things to it now and like definitely improved in those areas that yeah. needed to i think mm-hmm. and so it's 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 all super immersive and really well done so i love it i love it i one day um i'd like to talk about all the parks around the world. I haven't, you know, I don't have enough experience at the U.S. parks. I want to talk about all of right. them too. Like, like literally, uh, have you gotten a chance to watch uh, the new ride video for Jurassic World Adventure? I was about to say <laughs> the Beijing. Oh my gosh, yeah. that ride looks unbelievable. Like, I know the the like the part where the Indominus chases you. Like that's, that's incredible. That is terrifying. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's literally just like a so, big carousel Indominus that just goes around the, the curve and follows you in the circle. Yeah. It's, it's crazy cool. Like, so I I went to Disneyland recently, like, for the first time mm-hmm. and rode uh, Rise of the Resistance, oh, the yeah. new Star Wars ride, which is mind-blowing. Yeah. Like, incredible ride. <laughs> um, like, truly one of the most immersive things i've ever experienced and like this this beijing ride looks like you know this is jurassic's response to that Mm because like this this is on the same level so yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I think uh, in terms of uh, impressiveness, I guess you'd say this ride, like this, this <laughs> Jurassic World adventure, like is one of the most impressive looking rides I've ever seen. Yes, a lot of it's in the dark, and you're kind of maneuvering through the dark, kind of like Dinosaur the Ride in Disney uh, Disney World. But like when you get to the main show scenes, it's like the biggest scenes ever with with massive dinosaurs like right there like you said the indominus chase is impressive and then you have uh the face off between between them and it's just like it's so amazing and so incredible and i just can't believe they they made that all work so well and that's one i i did see yeah. i've seen a lot of pictures of that with like the lights on and it's like oh so weird looking like it just like you, you know you mentioned it before like you know you want to be immersed and and you know you've seen it uh behind the scenes a little bit in jurassic world the ride it's like these are completely different beasts with the lights on so you 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 don't want that magic to be spoiled too much but i've seen the jurassic world adventure and i'm like oh there's just walls right there walls right here it's just like that you know the scenes aren't really finished from like this point up but like during the the actual you know when it's when it's operating it looks so impressive and so immersive so one day i'll get out there yeah. as well for sure <laughs> but do we have anything else to add i think we really went through uh quite a bit here um we didn't of course break down every single track but there's there's a lot of stuff it's not like we're going to analyze every track out there but um i really well, dug all that think... that uh those calypso <laughs> stuff and and weird tracks from uh oh, yeah. from the other park well i think all the all the Jurassic world tracks in Orlando and here in California, just, you know, you've heard them in the films. So mm -hmm. they make total sense when they're on the ride. Like, and they are, they are meant to immerse you in the experience of being in the movie. So, yeah. Yeah. I, one day we will break down, hopefully all these tracks at some point there's a lot of tracks but uh yeah. you know we'll, we'll save the breakdowns for for then but um but I, yeah i think uh i dig them all i think they work super well um and and i can't say that there's a jurassic track out there that wouldn't really work uh maybe big hat no cattle i don't know if that <laughs> would that, that would be you know, if there jurassic was like bar, a, a dive know? bar yeah yeah <laughs> Maybe it would work in, in inside the uh, Discovery Center uh, down in Orlando. It might work somewhere in there, but uh, I don't know because there's some weird Man, stuff going on downstairs. But uh, it might work. Yeah, Big Hat No Cattle. That that's the first like outside of the film, sort of outside of the film world track that was yeah. just written for a certain like bar environment in a Jurassic film. It's not meant to be scored. It's not meant to be anything. So. And it works perfectly. <laughs> it, it does. It and it Yeah, it literally speaks to the moments in the film. It works so well. I want to kind of hear it under like uh, under the uh, scene in Fallen Kingdom with Claire and Owen in, in their dive bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Jurassic you know what? Part three. Shout out! Shout out to that movie. Yes. It's a great movie. Yes. <laughs> That'll be a fun one to uh, to break down one day. But uh, thank you so much for taking some time here to. Uh, to look at some of these uh or listen to some of these these um you know background music tracks and and uh talk about theme parks because i love it that's that's what i love talking about almost the most out of everything it's so much fun to talk about it and to visit these parks and and uh you know jurassic is a big catalyst for that the fact that it's a movie centered around theme parks you know it it, it really makes it uh that much more special so Thank you for joining me. Where can everybody find you if they want to talk some theme parks and uh, maybe uh, check you out one day when you're when you're operating some rides? 
<laughs> yeah, man, this was this was so great. Um, find <laughs> me at Caleb Composed on all social media. Um, and if you want to listen to my music or other stuff, CalebBurnettMusic.com. Thank you, dude. Uh, soon, soon, one day, uh, I'll visit you in the park. And I'll see you once again. When you were out here in New York, I had the opportunity to see you a few times. Uh, so I, I just got to make a, you know, a quick like few-hour flight across, and, uh, and and we'll hang out some more soon. Thank you so, so much for listening to the 295th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Of course, a huge thank you goes out to Caleb for joining me once again for another Dino Score, talking about the uh, music of the theme parks, uh, Jurassic music inside theme parks, literally my favorite combination right there. That's pretty awesome. So I had so much fun, and we, we recorded this one a little while back. Hopefully the music hasn't changed completely since then. I, I don't think so. We'll find out, but I don't think so. Anyway, I had so much fun doing that, and I cannot wait until the next Dino score, so who knows what we have in store there, but hopefully you hear from us all again soon. Anyway, uh, please remember the Lost World Book Club is coming up. Uh, we have the preview episode in December, and then the main episode starting in January. So please get your books ready, and we're going to start talking about them soon. Also, uh, don't forget the uh, two podcasts that I did recently talking about uh, House of Wax and Muppets Haunted Mansion. Had so much fun, so please go check those out. And remember, no live stream this week. I'm so, so sorry. I always love doing those live streams, but can't do it this week. But anyway, we will be back on the 27th of October, so stay tuned for a fun Halloween party in a few weeks on a Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode. As always, stay kind, stay safe, uh, just do the best you can, be the best fan you can, and just be kind to everybody out there, all the fans, all the non-fans, whoever, just be kind. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to myself for the outro. Thanks, everybody. Be sure to give us a follow over on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod, and myself, at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram, at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So be sure to follow along. Also, don't miss our live streams, toy hunts, reviews, in-depth bonus content, gameplay, event and theme park coverage, and much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of most episodes, so be sure to spare no expense. Find us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com where you'll find today's episode's show notes, articles, contributor bios, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or send emails to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732 825 
1-800-273-7763. Make sure to be kind to everybody and stay safe out there. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.